Here we go. Oh my God, it's December and it's another episode of the Nudge Cast. We're here for Nudge Coach Happy Hour. Matt Gamble, what's happening over there? Hey, not too much. That's crazy. I, I, yeah, this is the first episode in December now. This is, you know, we started this several months ago. We've been pretty religious about it, I guess, other than last week with Thanksgiving. Was the, was that the first one we missed? That's the first one we missed since yeah. we started. So I think, I think we ran 15 straight weeks and took wow. a break last week. Um, I think I'm going to have to check my math. So uh, yep. if anyone's a super listener out there and wants to cre- uh, correct me, feel free. Would love to know. <laughs> But no, it's been it's been good. It's been been a pretty wild week. I think what we tend to see from the nudge world is this time of year, people kind of come out of the woodwork and want to start initiatives. So it's always pretty busy. But um, I think in addition to that, you know, we're starting to do a lot more collaboration with other partners right now. So I know this week was really interesting from your perspective, and I wanted to really dive into that from, from at least selfishly from my side, because I know not only did we have our own webinar that you hosted. We did. You also on the same day, which I don't know how you did it, were you were a guest on the Wellness Business Podcast, and then you were also a guest on or for the Jay Shetty Coaching Certification for their alumni. Yep. And you must have eaten your Wheaties that day. I'm not sure how you pulled that off, but want to dive in because I'm sure there were some interesting conversations from that. So, what would you say the big theme of the week was from the different conversations, guest speaking? Give us a rundown on this. What's going on in coaching? All right, a couple things to start. So first, let me say, be careful how you schedule, boys and girls. When you start, <laughs> listen, getting in front of others people, other people's audiences is a great strategy. Um, but, but don't when, schedule it all in one day. When you just start throwing dates out there willy-nilly and you put one of them on your calendar the wrong way, you might end up with three back-to-back-to-back exper- uh, appearances. And uh, that kind of happened to me. That's that true. stuck up on me. That's true. Part of it may have been a little self-inflicted. Would you admit maybe somewhat self-inflicted? Well, like I said, I think it's, it's, you know what? I will take the blame for it. Someone put an event on the wrong day on my calendar. Could have been me, probably me, but that's how this happened. Hey, if it's on the calendar, you got to do it. So that's, that's, uh, well, I'm glad that worked this. So you had these sessions. Mm -hmm. What, what was the big theme here? I mean, what, what was really happening in coaching this week? Well, I loved it because for one, I got to align the themes a little bit. So I wasn't totally all over the place, although the podcast was a little bit unique, but we dove into how to maximize your revenue from the clients you already have. Um, in other words, or in, in very nerdy business terms, how to maximize your customer lifetime value or the lifetime value of your clients. If you prefer to call it the people you work with clients. Um, and this I think is one of the least talked about so there's so much and all of you listening will will be nodding your heads when i say this i can i can say that with high confidence that all the noise out there is how to get more clients how to get more clients how to get more clients which is obviously essential so i'm not knocking that Mm -hmm. i'm literally a marker um but i was i was talking i guess on instagram about this this stat that i read the other day in a harvard business review article basically the article started with And depending on which study you want to believe, and there are thousands out there, um, it costs as much as 25 times more or as little as five times more Mm -hmm. to acquire new clients as it does to retain an existing client. Either Um, way, that's that's a big ratio. I mean, 5x or 25x, no matter how you look at it, you should keep your clients. 
Yeah, we're not talking 50% more. Five yeah. times is a hell of a yeah. lot more. Um, so even on the low end, um, that's a big difference, which means if you're willing to put in some investment into client retention and um, extending the lifetime value of your clients, then you're probably going to be able to get a pretty quick return there. And there are a lot of strategies to do it that people aren't necessarily employing, especially um, a lot of the small coaching businesses that we work with. Um, so I just felt like it was a really important thing to dive into um, completely aside from the fact that that's something we obsess over because we have an engagement centric platform that we mm-hmm. obviously work with our clients on. So uh, I thought it was a great, great fit. And I'm excited to keep digging into it because I think it's important for us. Yeah. I think there's a lot of maturity going on in the online coaching space and in coaching in general. Cause I, I feel like when we first started, you know, and I think about conversations I was in five years ago with coaches and they were thinking about going online completely the wild west. And in some cases I still think it is, but I think now the idea of online models and subscription models, it's got, I think coaches realize they're, they're kind of running, they're running subscription businesses. They have to think almost like SaaS companies, software as a service companies, kind of like us. And I, I think what's happened, I think part of the, part of the reason this wasn't talked about a lot at first was that when you're first getting started, you're just scrambling and hustling to try to get the first clients. You don't really think about the efficiency of how you're doing it. It's kind of like if the ship's sinking and you're trying to like, you know, bucket out, you know, water out of the boat, you're not worried yeah. about like the efficiency of how much water's <laughs> in each bucket. You know, it's just kind of, you're just scrambling to get it all done. And so I think now that people have kind of feel like, it's like, okay, I've got my first clients. They're starting to kind of look into lifetime value a little bit and thinking about, okay, how much am I spending? which, which is critical. So it's, I'm glad to see there's been some maturity in the space. And it, it sounds like based on the conversations you had, this is something that's really being talked about. Oh yeah. And I literally just got in our Slack channel with our, our last mastermind group, mm-hmm. a note from Omar shout out, um, saying how much he appreciated the conversation about customer lifetime value. So if someone's going to reach out to me and specifically mention that, um, that I think tells us something that this is something worth diving into. Um, and it's cool hearing from him because he's the type of person who would, you know, be willing to kind of repurpose the way we're talking about things and put them into play. I know, I know he will. Yeah. So um, awesome to hear. I, I would love to keep talking about it. And just to, to mention it, what we talked about on the, on the Wellness Business Podcast was really all about community building and platforms you can use for community building these days, um, especially since Facebook groups has gotten a little weird in 2020. Um, (laughs) is that the theme of 2020 Facebook kind of got a little weird this year? Yeah. Yeah. So like our health got a little weird and Facebook groups got got a little weird too. (laughs) Both really important pieces in society though. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and so part of the theme though was like, if you're community building, this gives you an opportunity, especially if you, especially if you start thinking about moving out of Facebook groups and into a dedicated platform for the communities you're building, the memberships you're building, stuff like that gives you an opportunity to actually monetize that phase of your business. And that creates an opportunity for a heck of a lot more customer lifetime value. Mm -hmm. So all these things are connected. Um, I think course creators can get a lot out of this Uh, community builders, coaches. uh, These, these are a lot of, a lot of creatures on the internet, internet creatures that can really benefit from extending the amount of revenue that they can earn and really the value they can provide to the clients. It's not just revenue. It's also value, more value you can provide. Yeah. The opportunity now is so phenomenal because I think what you're seeing now is I heard someone call it the great unbundling of Facebook. 
And oh, I think yeah. whenever you have moments like this in, in history where we're kind of going through, I'd say a transitional stage in, in the internet world, you know, you think about it from like internet 1.0 to 2.0, whatever, whatever point is they're calling where that we're in right now. <laughs> I think with this, you're going to start seeing a lot of new systems, platforms, processes, new innovations come out of this whole unbundling, which I think is exciting from a business owner standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. Um, so I think it's so timely because it was interesting. You mentioned that was the, what you all talked about in the podcast this week. I had probably multiple conversations and I think about it with some of our partners on the nudge side over the past week regarding communities and spinning up communities. So it does seem like communities and group coaching in general, I'd say I'd even put that as part of the, you know, theme of 2020, which kind yep. of, you know, maybe a sub subtopic to the Facebook one, but um, pretty incredible to see just, I think there's a, like I said, a lot of maturity in the coaching spaces. We're kind of, you know, wrapping up 2020 in group coaching. I think it's something here to stay. Absolutely. Yeah. And the platforms are getting better at it, uh, better at supporting it. Um, Facebook groups, not as much because you're not the customer. If you're a Facebook group creator, like you're not, you're not Facebook's customer. They're not building for you. They're going to focus on certainly other things. They're trying to engage people and sling ads. Um, the greatest minds of Mac and my generation have been working at Facebook, figuring out how to algorithmically sell you stuff. Um, not so much how to make your Facebook group. Awesome. Yeah. Great, great coaching experience. <laughs> right. So that's where you're going to start to see kind of, uh, things veer off in different directions and yeah. opportunities created for creating better experiences in other platforms. Also another problem with Facebook for community building is if you really want it to be a, a nice experience, keep in mind that you are absolutely competing for their attention 100% of the time with a thousand different engaging activities going on on Facebook. If you're trying to keep people active in a Facebook group, that's only going to get worse. Um, but I mean, Hey, these are just a, a couple of the, the pieces. Um, mm -hmm. The upside of it, of building a Facebook group is a great kind of way to capture people um, yeah. early in the funnel, I would say, top of funnel. Still a good activity because people, heck of a lot of people are on Facebook. That's great. A little bit harder to, to go through the process of getting people to buy into your separate community on, on a dedicated platform. Uh, but once you have them, it's the opportunity to create a hell of a lot more customized and engaging experience. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that. I didn't really thought about this, but it does seem ironic that the tool that a lot of coaches were using for so long, i.e. free Facebook groups, is also the tool that is maybe the most distracting out there yep. in, on the planet. So you're, if you're wondering why your clients aren't adhering or completing tasks, it may be that the system in which we've been using with clients for years was inherently distracting. <laughs> yeah. And, and that kind of funny to think about. <laughs> so the, the wellness, the wellness business podcast is Kathleen Legris and uh, Karen Paddock. Uh, just for everybody's info, you can look that up, but Kathleen has been, I mean, she's awesome. She's built kind of her own army of, of uh, kind of avid fans and followers. And has always been talking about the idea that you can really get a, a, a real coaching business started just using Facebook yeah. groups and email and by the end of that episode, I had her basically coming off of the idea that you could do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I totally get why it was a great starting point. I think when it first yeah. started, it was just kind of a raw forum that you could create that it could either be open or private. And I think it's just, to your, I think you summed it up really well that specialization is a beautiful thing. And I think at this point, 
you know, Facebook has its focus and it's not, their focus is not really, you know, your business success, your coaching success. It's to harvest information, you know, spin up ads, things like that. So I think we're just, you know, starting to see, I think this idea of more specialty services, technologies, platforms. So like I said, interesting time, but I do want to jump back into um, some of what you're talking about with lifetime value. Cause I do think this is an area that there are more questions coming. I think more coaches are trying to figure out this kind of paradigm of just getting out of that hamster wheel of constantly trying to sell new people, sell new people, sell new people. Um, what did you all talk about during any of these sessions, kind of strategies for enhancing lifetime value? I know it's something we talk a lot about internally on, um, on the SaaS side, but I'm curious to hear from the coaching standpoint, some of the strategies you all maybe discussed. Yeah, for sure. And, and I started really high level intentionally with everybody because I think I want, I want everyone to kind of understand and ta- have the opportunity to take a step back and look at your entire model as a, a model that can evolve. So if you're working with clients and you just have this kind of primary offering, this high ticket core offering, your, your flagship program, whatever you want to call it, um, you're offering that, say, $1,000 it's 60 day program, 90 day program, whatever it is. Um, and that's it. That, then that's how much your customer lifetime value could be. That's the kind of the max you're inherently putting a cap on it. The great thing about an offering like that though, is that if you're charging for that up front, you know, that's also the baseline for your customer lifetime value. So you have done something really great there. If that's the type of model you're using. And a lot of the coaching businesses that we come across have some type of model like that, where there's some um, upfront or a pretty high monthly uh, kind of flagship program that is for a set amount of time. And that's how people get started. But um, the idea I presented is, is what I called stacking models, which is basically you have that flagship model. And then what happens after that? You never want to have like a really satisfied client that is like, man, I would love to just keep working with you. I got such great results. I want to make sure I keep them. Can I not stay in touch? And you just don't have somewhere for them to go. So um, what I was proposing is adding a continuity offering. And we've talked about this a lot before in the form of just, just an accountability program or a membership program um, or just something simple like that, access to your community, uh, whatever that may be, that's just going to be a monthly recurring, or if you're really good at promoting this, potentially an annual recurring, but <laughs> monthly recurring ongoing fee that's evergreen. It can last forever. If your clients are having a great experience with you, why not let them stay with you and you can keep monetizing them. You're adding value to their life. They can choose when to leave you. Um, and, and, you know, you, you should reap the benefit from that. So what that does is it takes the cap off of that thousand dollar customer lifetime value that you just put in, in mm-hmm. your own way of your own success in a way and can expand that potentially pretty quickly to even $2,000 as a lifetime value. And if you double the amount you're making off each client, the game changes pretty fast in terms of the number of clients you need for a sustainable business. Um, Also just for your own sanity, the type of lifestyle that you can lead. Um, I'm working with a coach right now who has absolutely capped what she can do in terms of how many clients that she can serve. And she's trying to run these programs using an online course and text messaging. Um, A lot. It's Yep. Yeah. She literally, she, she's capped. She has crushed it. I mean, I am so proud of her. So amazed with what she's been able to do. She's making about like, she's, her goal has always been to hit 10 K months and she's been able to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, Phil, there's just nowhere left for me to go. Yeah. yeah not every hour is taken at that yeah, point. It's just completely it. And so we had this conversation about stacking program models and she was like, holy crap, <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> that totally makes sense. And it's going to take some work, but she's the type of person that'll put in the work. And, and like we said at the opening five times to 25 times less expensive mm-hmm. to keep a client, why not take full advantage of that and see how it goes? We talked about this on the Instagram live a few minutes ago, which for a reminder for anyone who hasn't checked it out before we hop on this every Friday for the recording, we always jump on the Instagram for a few minutes and do like a teaser version of this where we just basically try to figure out what the heck we're going to talk about in the episode. And I think it's quite entertaining. At least I have a good time on it. <laughs> but um, one thing we kind of talked about was the idea too of using your offering kind of titles to help guide the customer on the customer journey. Oh, which so good. Yeah. I, I, it's something that I don't think enough people are thinking about. And, you know, I, I go to a lot of the coaches we work with, I go to their websites and some of them have just incredible models, incredible web presence, but it's, that is one thing I feel like gets overlooked a lot and you see it being done really, really well by software companies. So I think about all the tools and systems you use. I know we even take advantage of this too. We've all seen it before. You go to the pricing page of some kind of web platform you're using they have multiple tiers, but there's usually one that they emphasize as kind of the starter plan or, you know, here's where the most popular plan when you're getting started, whatever they call it. And I know for us, we even started ours as the, I think ours is the starter plan, the growth plan, whatever. So mm-hmm. um, I think that is an interesting area that coaches can take advantage of too. And I've even seen, I, I think I mentioned one partner we work with had them even titled in a way that made it really obvious. I think they even had the numbers tied to it. Like it was like one your, your starter plan to the um, continuance plan, like three, the maintenance plan. Mm-hmm. And it made it so incredibly obvious for the client in terms of what were the next steps in the journey. And it's one of those things I always tell people, um, don't forget that even, or just consider that just because it may be obvious to you in terms of how your model works, it's not always obvious to the clients you work with or to outside parties. And so you really want to uh, simplify as much as you can. So just something that I've seen recently that I think is a great asset, and a great tool as you think about lifetime value. Yep. I would, I've never been upset about when we've simplified our offering. I, I would just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I, it's never not helped. Never too simple. <laughs> yes. Simplify, create clarity around your offering. Um, yeah, it's just so valuable because, I mean, it's amazing how many ways things can be misconstrued. Um, and you just want to remove any as many opportunities for that as you can. I think that perception gap, and I've heard you say it before, there's always like the perception and what, what the actual meaning is. I'd almost say that's the key to success is navigating that perception gap and trying to make that as condensed as possible. Yeah. The idea there is like everything that you put out there, you have what you intended that to mean. Right. But filtering through every different person's individual experiences, you end up with where they actually interpret that, which is often pretty darn far from what you initially intended. So the more you can narrow that gap, um, the more you guys are speaking the same language the whole way, expectations are set properly. They know what to expect. It's just really comforting when when you're working with someone who delivers on their promises. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes just wording is the best way to get get that right. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about you know obviously you know plan types using kind mm-hmm. of maybe titles of plan types to help improve it. I think just having you know having multiple plans is obviously important. Um, one thing you touched on that I want, I want to kind of st- really stress because I think it made a significant impact for our own business 
and just on the heels of that massively long blog post I wrote regarding kind of our um, journey and kind of, you know, combating user churn was upfront payments. And I think this is something that people are skittish about at first and I, I get why, but having customers pay upfront and, and, and basically bribing them to pay you upfront um, yep. with some kind of discount is, is probably one of the best things we did for our business. I think, and I've heard it from other founders too of other companies, but I think it's, it's something to really consider for multiple reasons. For one, you're getting, I think, more buy-in from the client on the front end. When you have a person pay up front, I think they're more likely to take onboarding seriously, getting started seriously, take the whole thing more serious because they've, they've put all that kind of skin in the game. Um, you're also ensuring they stick around for a certain period of time. So for instance, if you've seen in your business, you have a really difficult time keeping a client beyond say month five, well, go ahead and get them to pay up front and give them a discount to do so to cover you know seven months of service or eight months of mm-hmm. service, whatever it may be, to help extend that even further. Yes, you may be giving them a bit of a discount, but remember that cash you're getting up front, you can be reinvesting in your business to help kind of offset all of this. Um, so some things I would really consider, and I, like I said, I know why people are skittish. I think everyone starting off has this fear that it, you're almost, I'm, I'm trying to remember someone was saying, I was talking about this recently of like, um, feeling like you're kind of faking it or feeling like, Hey, it's not ready. Or you're kind of embarrassed of your offering, or you feel like you're um, you know, if, if, if your offering is too new, you just don't have confidence in it. I guess is maybe the best way to put it that someone's not going to be willing to pay up front, which I, I do see, Hey, once, you know, when you're first getting started, maybe people are less likely to do so. But I think once you get to a point where you feel like you have your offering down, I can't stress enough the importance in making that transition. It will be, I would argue, one of the best things you can do for your business. Absolutely. Um, and that's where you can, you know, make an offer look pretty juicy too. Like if you're, if you know you're getting the cash up front um, and it's an annual commitment, then you can make a pretty tasty discount offer that's going to grab some attention. Yeah. Um, and, you know, side by side with your month to month prices, that'll look, look pretty enticing to people. Um, but yeah, the confidence issue is, is a huge one. And I can just, if it's comforting for everybody to hear every time I send an email to our audience, I nearly have a panic attack just <laughs> to this day. Does um, MailChimp still, by the way, have that little animation that when you're first, when you're hitting send, it's like a, it's like a trembling finger looking like it's hitting the launch button. I always thought that was such inappropriate animation for the stress that comes with sending an email to thousands of people. Absolutely. There should be like a, I don't know, a five second rule or something where you can like bail on it. <laughs> Maybe I, that would be even more anxiety. I use undo on Gmail at least <laughs> once a day. Like it's, I always have that like second thought of like, oh my God, I misspelled that person's name or like, wait a second. What was I writing? I wasn't, I didn't have enough caffeine as I was writing that email. Like, you know, undo button is one of the best things I, I think to happen to email. No doubt about it. Um, yep. Yeah. Don't, don't rush your email campaigns, schedule them in advance, <laughs> schedule them in advance. But all right. Well, I know we, we've been kind of going down this path for a while, I guess any last takeaways regarding lifetime value. We've talked about multiple offerings, making sure you have one to um, funnel clients into maybe post post initial programming, even the titles of those offerings to make sure you're kind of laying a path for an extended lifetime value. We've talked about upfront payments. Mm-hmm. Strategies that you you've kind of encountered this week through this process. Yeah, so the one that's almost a paradox when we mention it to people, mm-hmm. and Mac is a stone cold expert at this, is that especially with online businesses, mm-hmm. 
Effective onboarding is probably the best way to. God, I can't believe I forgot that one. That was, <laughs> yep, I should have brought that one up. Onboarding is, uh, yep, absolutely. So I'll let you run with that one though. Take, take it away. Yeah. So the idea here is especially, again, I'm especially speaking to online and remote coaching programs or any, you know, online programs of any kind. But if you're just keep in mind, especially if your background is working kind of in person with people, when you're taking everything online, you never get that personal connection that you would have had usually within the beginning of that process. So the question is, how are you going to kind of earn the trust, bring the barriers down, bring the walls down to that person and make sure that you've kind of put in the time to show them that every time that they commit some time to you, they invest more in your program, that they're going to get something back for it. That's what you need to prove up front. So especially in online programs, you kind of front end humanizing that experience, getting your face on camera, getting in front of them as best as you can online. Um, that's going to pay you back big time down the line because Otherwise, and we know this with software products like ours, people sign up for free plans all the time. And 50% of those people will never click another thing um, for a lot of platforms. So that's where, you know, when you have kind of the opportunity for a human touch up front, you can change the entire roadmap in front of someone um, and really extend things. And it's, it seems like a paradox because it's like, oh, right up front, I can make that, I can get that client to the end of a year, basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Build rapport and connection on the front end. The more you invest in the front end, the longer you're going to work with this person. We, we see it time and time again. I think that's where the, the biggest learning I'd say I've seen from the onboarding experience is if you really want to torpedo your efforts and really want to take things sideways, rush onboarding, throw, throw your clients onto technologies too soon before they've built a connection with you. Because we all, we all have been there before where you get a text message from a number you don't know or you just don't know the person on the other end. How likely are you to respond back? And if you mm -hmm. don't have that connection on the front end, you don't know that person, you don't have rapport with that person, you're just not going to be able to keep a person around. And we see it time and time again. So, yep, absolutely. I forgot that one in the Instagram post when we posted live, so I'm glad you touched on it. Well, we'll get back to those people. Hopefully they're listening. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. But the, I guess... With that said, that that was a handful of strategies, um, the work is never over and there's always more you can do to, to kind of be looking at how you can iterate to increase a little lifetime value. It's a great place to run tests because they aren't that expensive, right? You already have the yep. clients. Yep. Um, great area of your business to be like, if you, if you are an experimenter, you can really have some fun here. Um, so just use it as a test bed. Um, keep working through it. Sometimes you can frame it in ways that even your clients have fun with it if they know you're doing it. So that's, that's kind of the leaving advice is, is this is a place to play. We are putting you in the sandbox. Let's see how much you can make of it. That's a, this is the place to play. There you go. Just nice little sound bite to end it all on. Right. That's right. I like that one. Well, I think this was great. Love going into lifetime value. I love getting into the metrics, as you know, um, we'll see what the next couple of weeks. I know as we're getting deeper into the holidays, we'll see, I'm sure there's going to be some interesting scenarios as, you know, coaches and coaching businesses kind of jump out, want to get initiatives going, probably some interesting lessons from implementations. So anything we encounter, we'll make sure to bring it up here. Prepare for the onslaught of new year's resolutions. And then the actual clients that you want right after that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Deal with the clients you probably don't want. I guess it really depends on the type of coaching business you are. For sure. For sure. I kid, I kid. Um, but guys, appreciate you checking us out again. Um, we'll be back again next week. Check us out on YouTube. The channel is Nudge Coach. It's actually growing a little bit. Happy to see people subscribing to that. Um, 
all your favorite podcast apps. Um, and yeah, five-star rating on Apple podcasts wouldn't suck, but we'll see you again next time. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a good one.